0: Guess what time it is? Time to subscribe. That is a good answer. Game time? Game time. Game time. It's game time. There's a spring training game after FT. There so is. FT is serving as your pregame show for the Dodgers and the Padres spring training action. And remember, next week on Monday, this show begins 11 a.m. Eastern Time Live on YouTube, yes. Set your alarms and it will be on every day at 11 a.m. until around one, until opening day. So a month and change of FT a little bit earlier to serve as the real pregame show for spring training games. Mike Schultz said to the media today, if you didn't wake up jumping out of bed, something's wrong.
1: Plantar fasciitis, that's why you wouldn't <laughs> jump out of bed. And that that's is a good definitely call. something
2: wrong. I mean, it's a spring training game, no offense. Here's how spring training goes. Well, I don't know. Maybe Kratz was different, but for me, first day, your first day, you're kind of excited. You're like, "All right, I'm back." You know, I'm all woo, I'm back. Then you're like, "Okay." Then the position players get there, and you're like, "Oh, it's good to see everybody." And then you're like, "Oh, then I got to get through this till the game." And then the first game, and you're like, "All right, let's go." And then you're like, "All right, when does this end? And we can get to the regular season."
0: Well, that's what you're thinking, but for someone like me, I get to see the Dodgers and Padres. Not all of the big names. Otani is still apparently about a week and a half away from appearing Mm -hmm. in spring training action. That's fine, no rush. Yoshi Yamamoto, probably about a little under a week until you see him in a game. But you know what I'll be looking at today, Kratz? The facial expressions of Xander Bogarts, who has to kind of humbly move over to second base after signing a massive contract and being a shortstop and well-respected in the league for a long time. And he'll play with Ha-Sung Kim, so they'll get a little work together as a double play combo.
1: If there's anybody that can handle it and handle it with a very, very good attitude, it'll be Xander. The guys, you know, you lose your ego when you're, when you have a contract in the sense of you just want to win. And I think he just wants to win. And that's what helps the team win.
0: I agree. I think it'll be a total non-story. I think the story will be that they'll be better middle infield wise defensively. And lastly, Tatis, Teoscar, and Outman are going to be mic'd up. So that'll be fun. On what channel? That's probably the best part. ESPN.
2: ESPN's doing this game?
0: Yes. Oh, wow. They That's still do some games. baseball coverage.
2: I didn't know. I mean, wow. Yeah, okay. For now. I mean, they're going to be mic'd up for what, though?
0: Oh, how long? I don't know. Do they get the 10 Gs in spring training for getting mic'd up? I can't up? imagine that. Probably not. Everybody
2: right? would do it in spring training.
0: Oh, my gosh. You'd have, whole, you'd have the whole game mic'd up.
1: Why? That would be actually kind of cool. I think. That would be cool. Why not? Why would they not get it? An inning yeah, in spring training SMB. is the same amount of time. Like, you're not going to go to do a signing in spring training for any cheaper than you do a signing during the season.
0: It's a good call. I know there's some players that watch or listen later on, so.
2: They're getting paid. DM us, They're protect
0: us, and let us know. Yeah, you're right. They're probably I mean, getting paid. So
2: ESPN's paying thirty
1: grand to make up three guys? Yes. Yeah. Sell okay. the game. ESPN's on board. Go ahead, ESPN. Go ahead. Since Sell the, since the game. When? Since when? Uh, <laughs> today. They're miking oh, up three players in the first spring training game. Yeah, yeah, they're into
0: it. Okay, ready for some breaking news to start off the show? I mean, we actually have There's a couple quite a bit to today. cover today. Yeah. We got to start with Tim Anderson, okay? It happened. One year, $5 bucks to be the starting shortstop for the Miami Marlins. The uh, Miami Marlins have checked Welcome in. to the free
2: agency, Miami. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the free agency, Miami. I'm so proud of you. We're on February 22nd.
0: Free agency was like Miami.
2: Yeah. I'm here. Welcome. You have to, to, Miami. to play this year. <laughs> you lost El
0: Contra. You guys just made the playoffs, and we're tanking for five, six, seven years. Do you know when their tanking started? 2003.
2: <laughs> well, kind 2004 of. actually. I
0: mean, when they got rid of Giancarlo and Yelich, but
2: they, and, those guys didn't win anything.
0: I know, but they were on a pathway to be decent, and then they got rid of everybody because they had to, you know, restructure, and they couldn't operate like oh, when this. They got
2: Derek Jeter. She Jeter, that whole moves.
0: that whole run didn't work out, and they finally made the playoffs this year. I know twenty twenty whatever, but that was like everyone's getting in. This year, the Marlins are a worse ball club, but a little better now with Tim Anderson, right? I mean, I'm expecting a bounce back. I is mean, he, he was one of short? the worst hitters in baseball. Is he going to play year. short for him? He is going to play short because they're starting shortstop. Before this was thirty four year old John Birdie. It
1: wasn't Wendell. What about Wendell? Wendell.
2: Uh, Joey Wendell did, nope.
1: did play some, but... okay. Joey Birdie Wendell didn't
2: Birdie can run.
1: Yeah, can th- run. this
0: year, I mean, Birdie or Vidal Brujan. Um, but anyway, congrats to Tim Anderson. Mm-hmm. We'll cover more of that in a moment. Let's get to some injury news, and we're going to bring in Will Salmon from The Athletic joining us right now on FT Live, right from the jump here. Will, we appreciate the time and the uh, quick hop-on because news out of Mets camp sucks. Kodai Senga is hurt and not going to start the year on the opening day roster. So what's going on down there?
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's the day to be on with you guys, right? But uh, yeah, Kodai Senga has a moderate strain uh, in the back of his right shoulder. So David Stearns told us today from Mets camp that Kodai will be starting the year on the injured list. So he will miss opening day. But David Stearns did add that he still expects Kodai to make a bunch of starts for the Mets. I don't know how many that necessarily means, uh, but that's what David Stern said, which leads me to think that maybe they can get over this uh, within maybe a couple of weeks span or a month span, but that's unclear. That's speculation on my part. The news is, is that he's going to start the year on the injured list. He's not going to be pitching for the Mets on opening day. And it's huge. It's significant because this is the Mets top starter.
1: Did they specify what moderate is? Because normally in like a grade one, grade two, grade three string.
3: They did not say, it, uh, they did not label it with a grade. However, a lot of times we'll hear, as you guys know, about uh, a capsule injury, right? And a lot of times the, it's bad news if it's the front the capsule. And Senga's example here, from what we've been told is the back, which is, not great news, but it's better than when it would be if it was the front. So that's the only real information that we got as far as severity goes. Kodai spoke to us as well. He said that he did not necessarily feel much pain and it was more of like a fatigue that he felt. Uh, He first reported it really right away, like after his first bullpen session here um, in Port St. Lucie. And then the other day, uh, he had to throw another side session and then Experience a little bit more fatigue after that one. So that was the second time around. So yesterday he reported to the Mets, hey, uh, this is this is not getting better. And that's when they've decided to shut him down.
2: Okay, I'll grade it for you. It's an F if he's out for any like the time <laughs> on his Mets team. I mean, that's the grade. It's an F because this fucking sucks that he's gonna be out if you're a Mets fan or a baseball fan. Because he's the second half of the year, he was one of the best pitchers going. Once he figured out kind of road and limited the walk, so this this sucks. But does this mean that, you know, there's still a couple kind of big name free agents out there would the Mets possibly jump in Stevie Cohen he's not afraid to throw some money around would they possibly jump in on Montgomery or a Snell
3: I've been told no I don't see that happening right now I actually asked David Stern that very question AJ uh, right during that press conference if that if the likelihood has changed at all uh, given this injury and he said no uh, it really hasn't they expect to do what they've been doing here and go with what they got and now my question has been after that well does that even mean what about like depth guys if that's not necessarily going to mean Blake Schnell or Jordan Montgomery what about a guy because you have to backfill this with if it's Tyler McGill for example who's going to assume this spot that Kodai Senga once had here uh what happens there as far as a backfill or a trickle down effect and even on that end I, I don't really necessarily expect that to change right away uh meaning I don't expect them to really add anybody uh right away We'll see how things play out. I think if they have another injury, uh, maybe things can change a little bit. But for right now, the news here does not really mean that they're going to go with Schnell uh, or Montgomery. And it means more about, it means more information for McGill and other guys on their
0: list of depth. So, well, I know Stern's also mentioned that he thinks this is a playoff team. Have you guys followed up with him on why he thinks that's the case, given the change of the roster from last year to this year. I don't think many people can make a case that it's a better looking team, especially in the category that we're talking about with starting pitching. I like Severino, by the way, I think he's going to bounce back a little bit this year, but I don't think anyone's looking at that rotation thinking, wow, this can compete with the Braves or the Phillies.
3: No. And yeah, I've asked David Stern sort of to drill down a little bit more on that expectation question. And he's what I thought has been pretty real about expectations. I mean, look, He's not the only one that says that the Mets could compete for a playoff spot. I believe the the uh, Pacota rankings came out and they suggested similar. That was before, of course, Kodai Senga had this injury, so we'll see. Uh, But I'm I'm with you. I I think that their rotation, for example, has some question marks. I think that there's a a pretty good floor there with some of those guys, whether it's Sean Mania or Adrian Hauser. Like those guys could give you X amount of innings at a probably a pretty solid level, but we're talking more middle ro- middle of the rotation, back of the rotation type guys, and then Severino is just a real wild card. He could be boom or bust here for the, for the Mets, and we just don't really know because the last few years haven't gone right for him, of course, with injuries, and then last year, injuries plus poor performance. Um, so it's a big question mark. As far as why he would say that it was a playoff-caliber team, well, I think he looks at the roster and looks at, Guys like Jeff McNeil and Starling Marte, and maybe they can get better contributions from those guys, along with all-stars like Pete Alonso, Francisco Lindor, uh, Brandon Nimmo as well. So they, they feel like they have that. But in my opinion, it's going to come down to what they can get from their starting rotation. Plus, they're going to have to get contributions from their young players, whether that's more from Francisco Alvarez but definitely stuff from third base with Brett Beatty and Mark Vientos to blend in with those guys who also, in some cases, need to bounce back and in some pieces in some cases need to do some heavy lifting in the lineup.
2: Okay, two quick ones before we let you go because I know you have a big date in the clubhouse in there. Uh, one, did you see the fake reports that Alvarez signed, was it, signed an extension? Why haven't they done that? And then two, does this mean Jose Quintana is the opening day starter?
3: Yeah, so no date for me in the clubhouse, unfortunately. My um, girlfriend's back home in New York, so – uh, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> opening day starter, great question. I'm looking forward to asking Carlos Mendoza that. I mean, it could be Luis Severino, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about him. He, he profiles as a frontline guy. I like Quintana. If it was up to me, I'd probably go Quintana, actually. I mean, he pitched well when he came back from the injury that he had last year. Um, and he returns as really like their only returning starter, I guess, right? Yeah. Unless you include the guy who um, will assume Tango's spot in probably. Um, but yeah, so. I, I did see that report, AJ, on and I reported on it as well. But I can't say that that's true. I I was told that that was not the case. They, there was no extension, um, and there's a reason for that, in my opinion, and my and through my reporting. And that's because, like with free agency, if the Mets were to add somebody or change somebody's contract, they're going to face a, like a 110% tax on that. And so, like the number for Francisco Alvarez's salary would be that would be the new number, whatever it would be plus that, you know, times that 110%. So that's significant. This is not something that's minor here for this team. So I would expect if there was an extension to go down for Francisco Alvarez, it would be some time after the season starts where they can look at the payroll for, for next year or years after that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, right now they're being punished, basically. That's what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. They're one of the few teams that spends at that level. So, Will, thank you for the time. Appreciate it, and uh, everyone follow Will at Will Salmon, his name. Very simple, and check out some (laughs) of his articles in The Athletic. You do a great job, Will. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Will Salmon on the Mets, and that sucks. I mean, that's their dude. I mean, he's a Cy Young contender if he's pitching, and they had already talked, I think, a week or so ago about the plan for him because last year they gave him an extra rest almost every time. And I was fine with that. I'm like, whatever you did last year, if you produce that for four more seasons under team control, I mean, he was pitching like a one, especially in the second half of the year. And Kratz, without him, they don't have a chance. I mean, they need 25-plus starts from this guy.
1: Absolutely. But my thing is about the whole inning thing, and we're always going to get to this. It's always going to be about the innings. Sometimes your arm just might be fatigued. But as it's always about the innings, I did a little research, and the last five years, this is the innings he had, 143, 84, 120, 178, that was in 2019, 139, okay, so he eclipsed all of that, 2019 he had 178 innings, he had 166 last year, he never made more than 26 starts, and that was in 2019, his starts have been 22, 13, 18, and 22 in his career. Last year, he had 29. So to me, this is less about his workload and more about when these guys come from Japan, they're already minimizing their workload. You got to kind of start figuring that in. You you need a six starter because they're skipping a start here and there. And it, it really makes you spend a lot more on your rotation.
2: Yeah, we discussed this with Shohei. You need – we talked – when Joe Maddon – we had Joe Maddon on. He's like, it, it pre- presents more problems because you have to have a six starter because mm-hmm. they can't pitch on the five days. My thing is, is gosh, 100 – what do you say, 166 innings last year, Derek? <laughs> I mean, remember when like 200 was like, oh, okay. And then remember not that long – it wasn't that long ago where 300 innings was like, okay, this guy's good. And then it dropped down to 200. And now we're almost like, man, if this guy pitches five times this year, he's really good. Like, I mean, it's not (laughs) that that bad, but it's like unbelievable how it keeps going down and injuries keep going up. Yes, thank you. That's what's crazy is the more we try to protect guys, the more the injuries go up. Maybe we should throw more. Just try it. I don't know. Just try it. I'm waiting. We've talked about this when, uh, and I think we've talked about this off the air, and I've talked about this with some people. I'm waiting for an organization to just be like, I'm going back to the old school way. Who's going to be, a, you know what, be like, you know what, I have, I, have, I, just signed a five-year deal as a new GM, and I have five years, and I, and I have the, the owner's ear, and he says, go for it. And you kind of go back to a little bit more of the old school way. What's
0: the old school way? Your
2: starters in the minor leagues try to go deep into games, and you and your starting pitchers in the big leagues try to go deep into games. And, and that, that's what I mean. I'm just I'm, – someone's going to try it and see, not instead of piggybacking right in the minor leagues and oh this guy goes five this guy goes four like because I, I, i'm sure it was the same with you like when you were in the minor leagues like you had your five starters they would try to go as deep as they can you had a seventh inning guy an eighth inning guy a closer guy right and you you played it like a normal game now it's like oh well this guy goes four and he throws 60 pitches then we got to get him out because we need the next guy to go five and you know it's like okay well what i just want to i don't know that it'll happen but I would just love to see some some team go, you know what, we're gonna just try it. Can you assemble
0: enough of a rotation though to handle third time through and actually execute third time through? Like Senga actually was one of those guys, but do you trust anyone how else? You, how
2: about but that's where it has to start the minor leagues? You have to develop it in the minor leagues and say, hey, we're gonna teach you when you're a little bit tired, get through the third time. Maybe don't use all your pitches in the first inning. Ah, like don't go,
1: don't go first pitch, heater, out, right? first pitch heater first
2: pitch curveball, second pitch curveball, third pitch split. Okay, now everybody's seen everything. I don't know. We used to try to run through lineups with one pitch. I remember when John Garland was throwing sinkers, I'd be like, listen, until someone figures it out, we're throwing sinkers. But how many guys can do that nowadays? I think there's more more than what we give them credit for, but they're just not taught to do that at any level in baseball. It's give me as much as you can. Even in my son's travel ball, right? (laughs) They're they're like, give me three innings. And you're like, oh, he went three (laughs) all innings. His innings max this summer is 30. And you're like, he's 16 years old. He can throw – he should be able to throw a lot more than that, right? But everybody's hunting velocity. So every pitch is max effort. Because velocity matters so I, much. I understand that. But I'm saying, you know, Greg Maddox, right? I mean, there's a million. Guys. Jamie Moyer pitched for 25 but years. All these so- guys
0: are so far out of the game. And they're I, so far, I, few
2: and far in between.
0: I'm just presenting I, the other I,
2: side. I understand. Listen, yeah. I'm, not saying, I'm not saying one way or the other sure. is going to work. But I'm just saying there's going to be somebody who's going to break from the mold of what's happening and say, you know what? I'm gonna try and draft guys that can be durable. They might not throw 95, they might throw 91, but they can go boop, 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 curveball change up, boop, boop, boop. And give me seven innings.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I don't know. maybe it won't ever happen, but I just think I'd love for to
1: see someone try it just to see it. See I would it encourage, I would encourage an organization to say, and this is all on the organization because players and coaches and travel team kids are always going to just they're going to gravitate to what is what is cool, what is needed. And the organization has to say, I know you throw 99. See, I don't think they need to draft guys who throw 91. That's not going to play. I need an organization to say, I know you throw 99. I want you to sit 92-94, a la Justin Verlander. Oh, I need 99. Here it comes. See ya. 92, 94, that's going to develop that location. It's going to develop where you're at while staying healthy, 99. Now you make it into the seventh inning, your third time through, hey, you want to unload the tank? Get after it. We'll see you in five days. I don't know. Again,
2: I agree with what Kratz just said. I mean, but I don't know. I don't know that it'll ever happen again because of all the data and all the analytics. There's value there. But also, Kratz, the other problem is is who does every team say they want to be like? Rays. And what do the Rays do? Not that. Exactly. (laughs) So, but, but because you know why? Because they're looking at arms and arms are expendable to them. They're like, oh, yes. Blew out. Next.
0: Blew out. And also, the arms that are best are the young league minimum ones. And then when they get expensive, they don't have them anyway. So, why care? You know, that's, I agree. It's actually a good business plan on their end. It's not good for the individual if you're a young player in that system, right? I mean, almost all of their homegrown players have gone <coughs> under the knife.
2: I don't know of one that has not Can you think of one that has not Nope. Maybe Archer? Did Archer? Yeah,
0: and then he eventually broke down.
2: But he didn't in Tampa, right? But all the them, McClanahan, I mean, all the guys that I can think of are have all gotten.
0: Look, at, look at their IL right now. And just look at the last few years. I mean, and, obviously they're a great org, but there is a specific game plan there for their pitching. And it has led to, in my mind, more injuries than most other organizations.
1: There is a there is a market inefficiency in that sense. There's no bigger loss in baseball than time spent on the IL. But they have all this they have all this stuff going on, you know, medical things that say, well, history says this and history says that. It's going to take a team because they're trying it. They want to spend less time on the IL, but. Once the season comes, they just want to win games. So that's to me, that's why that's that's where it's going to need to change. Like AJ said in the minor leagues,
2: mm-hmm. and it's going to take somebody that's a GM or a, a president of baseball ops to say we're going to try something different. And you know what? It might not work, but it, but someone's going to someone eventually. It's like everything kind of goes around like we, in circles, like everything every in fashion in, in the world. Everything kind of is cyclical of like things, right? Someone's going to, there's going to be a GM who's going to get a job and he's going to be like, you know what? I don't care. And I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And I'm going to try it. And it, it might not happen for, but listen, I hope it, I want to see it because I think it'd be interesting. I think it would be an interesting science experiment to see if you could do it. Because I'll tell you what, if you talk to any scout and I think Kraft's gonna agree with me, This, you know, I see a lot of high school games and I've, you know, I pay attention to a lot of college and, and everything. The easiest commodity in baseball to find right now is what? Velocity. It is so easy to find guys that throw hard. Everybody has guys that throw hard, right? But can you give me the boop, boop, boop,
0: boop? But if you don't throw hard, you have a disadvantage. I mean, Do you, you're
1: not getting looked at. You're not
0: getting That's looked at. That's what I'm at, saying. It's but... going to take a team to to figure it out. Yeah, but also when you throw that hard, you can get away with mistakes a little easier, correct? I mean, you tell me. You're the hitter.
1: No, I mean, it's, it's the easy way. It's like it's like having a line of five girls that you want to date. You pick the you pick the best looking one. Doesn't mean she's the one that you want to get married to. You're picking the best looking one. That's what they're doing in baseball. They have five guys lined up. One throws a hundred. They're picking him. They don't even need to see him throw. They don't if if they have a legitimate source saying he threw a hundred. Okay, great. So to me, it's the easy way out. You got to get to know these guys. Watch how they throw. How do, how do hitters swing against them? And some will, some scouts will say, "Oh, it's tough." You know, he's he's in the ACC, or this guy's in the you know the American East Conference, or this guy's in the SEC, so he's much better. But the reality is, they're taking the easy way out by everybody just developing velocity, and people that never played are able to develop velocity, so it's more prevalent.
0: So basically, GMs are looking at pitchers and saying. 99, he's
2: hot. Yep. Basically, that's what Scott <laughs> does when he goes to these dance festivals. He's like, she's got a glow stick. Herp. 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 She's Herp. got a glow Herp. stick, yes.
0: I don't know how we got there, but we can ask some of this to <laughs> Brandon Gomes, gem of the Dodgers. No, I thought it was good. I didn't know where you were going. You know, I, I hesitated, but I was like, oh, this is crass. This isn't Papelbon. We, we probably are getting somewhere. <laughs> and we did. We love you, Pap. <laughs> All right. So
2: roundabout way to get there.
0: Yes. So I want to cover a couple other things before we talk to Gomes. So first off, let's get to Mitch Keller, a little extension action. And it's funny, the timing right after Ken and Stephen Nesbitt and The Athletic releases that big article on the Pirates, which if you haven't read it, check it out. It's really freaking good. And it addresses a number of issues there. It's not just nutting. I mean, it talks about other components, even last year like Key Brian Hayes getting a little private hitting action with their minor league guy, and then they fired him. Weird. But anyway, Mitch Keller, 15.4 per year, five years, 77 million. He was going to be a free agent after the 2025 season. That won't happen. He has been a curious case. Last year, it started to come together. He was an all-star. He had a brilliant first half. His second half was not good. He has been tinkering a ton. But the talent is there. And do you think eventually, I'll go to the guy with the Pirates hat. We'll talk about that later. First, do you think this has to do partially with the Pirates, not only believing in the player, but also being like, how many potential aces can we let leave over a 10 to 15 year span? we got to keep some of these guys.
1: I bet they have offered every one of those guys some kind of deal like this. If Mitch Keller turns out to be who the Pirates think he's going to be, this is a steal. But at 15 mil a year, I love this for a player. I love this for the organization because he, in the first half, was definitely a guy that you can build around. Ace stuff, no. I think he could be He can be a solid number two with Oviedo going down. That's tough. He's going to have to carry more of the workload. But this is... To me, this is the pirates. Whether it's nutting, hamstringing the GM, or it's just the fact that you know they don't think they should extend guys, whatever it is, this is something fans can get behind. This is a player fans can get behind, and it'll sell the game in Pittsburgh.
2: Well, they've locked up Hayes. They've locked up Keller. They've locked up Reynolds. Right? They, I mean, they're they're trying. Yep. Mm-hmm. They've locked up Rowdy for one year.
0: <laughs> for one year, <laughs> Bednar maybe too. Because Bednar, yeah, He'd Keller's be- been at least from insiders and in trade rumors. I mean, I was looking up some of the history I have on him. And I mean, last year, our friend John Heyman said that the pirates were down to listen on some offers for him. And I was like, damn, you are yeah. I'm like this, this, this good, dude though. could be towards the 15 top.
2: million. Isn't
1: untradeable either. Sure. Who, I mean, who that's do want, a, who do you want for 15 Frankie Montas or Mitch Keller?
2: Keller. I mean, I'd probably take Keller in a heartbeat because he goes yes. out and pitches. So
1: I Montas think it was a great few I think it's a great move, but it—it it, hopefully it signifies, hey, you know what? Now they're close to the playoffs. Now we go and break our no free agencies outside of the organization policy. I don't think they will, but now they—they're they, they, they're, they're close. They're close. They signed a couple this year. I know, but
0: you got no, to—I know you're not into reading, but you got to see this article.
1: It—it it, it breaks. It I know down you only really read well. books
0: and not mm-hmm. articles, but. This article no, shows you, but they, they signed
2: Rowdy. They signed Yasmani Grandal. Do you know
0: their biggest contract for an external free agent ever? This one's going to blow your Martin. mind, Russell Martin. Do you kind. know what the contract so was? I
2: didn't five fifty five two thirteen. Oh, that's close. Two years, a total. Oh, he of signed 13. a five year with the Yankees. That's the one he did. That's it. That's no, the Blue most Jays. they've ever given out to Blue an Jays.
0: external free agent. And yes, AAV wise is is Chapman this year a little over ten mil. They, they don't. Play in the free agent market. Their owner has said it's a losing game so to wait, play in the, the free agent free market because The biggest all free agent that. they've
2: ever signed is thirteen million of all time. Never more than two years.
0: Two wow. years, thirteen million. Wow,
1: well, White Sox
2: feel good. Five seventy-five. Like they're spending money. They are the rich. Right.
0: <laughs> <What's> Nothing <laughs> says that it's a losing game to play in the free agent market. Well, there's in quotes. Paraphrasing. The
2: okay. Well, there's only two teams that haven't spent a hundred million on a player yet.
0: Pirates and White Sox?
2: No. no. Pirates have done it. They did it with Reynolds. Oh, you're Whitehawks. saying any
0: any player. Yeah. Any player in history. Internal. Right. I know. We played this game last year all the time.
2: Well, there's only two left.
0: White Sox A's.
2: Yep. The Royals did it with Bobby Witt, they were mm-hmm. third. And the Pirates were the fourth, and they did it with Reynolds. All right, so good for the pirates. Good for, good them. for the so pirates. So where are we at? And now they're, let's they're spend some money on the free agent market. Next year's free agent class is kind of sick, too, by the way. It so. is.
0: I don't think they're going to play like that. How do you be a free agent? I think so. him again. Yeah, they, they they did make a number of moves this offseason. Yeah, they I mean, look, Martin a good. Perez, Marco Gonzalez, yeah. or Aldis Chapman. I like Keller a lot. I mean, I do too. the the talent's always been Randolph there. Don't like
2: will help them, especially with uh, what Rodriguez going down. Right, Eddie Rodriguez, Eddie Rodriguez. Right? Indy. yeah.
0: Indy. Um, they got to figure out Henry Davis. I mean, well, they said
2: he's catching again, which is interesting. Okay.
0: Well, that's what you want because well, that's where his value is. It's a good, not great bat. So if it's a good yeah. bat and he can handle average catching, catching yes. then you've got a big leaguer, you know? Yes. That's what he said, owner Ken Kendrick, talking about the team asking the public to pay for renovations to his home, AKA his ballpark. D-back's ownership claims to be willing to put up hundreds of millions of dollars toward the final cost, but they also want local help. So Ken Kendrick said, he actually insisted he's not trying to threaten anyone here. I'll give you some quotes. Ready? There is likely to be in time an expansion of our sport to a couple additional cities. Cities are letting MLB know their interest. Their interest in getting a team is specific. They would be happy with a brand new franchise, but they would certainly be happy, you know, with frankly, a successful existing franchise. It's not where we are spending time or energy. We may run out of time in Phoenix. We hope that won't happen. We're hard at it. We're continuing to have meetings. We've ramped up the dialogue in every way that we know how, and we'll continue to do that. Get ready for this quote. Hmm. After all that, I just said that none of that was me. That was Ken Kendrick. I don't think in the world that we live in, Threats are the right way to do business. I don't think threats are the right way to do business. We're community people. I've raised my family here. Derek Call, the CEO, has raised his family here. We're a part of the fabric. Our franchise is a part of the fabric of Arizona, and that's where we want it to be forever. That's the end of the quote. Now, I'll add what's going on in the brain. Give us our public money to renovate the ballpark, or we will threaten you with another city. Does, does those
2: few sentences a and they like don't a work but if you don't give me money I'm leaving. Wait, what? Wait. What? It doesn't That was that was rough. Here's here's the the thing about this is where would the Diamondbacks go? would Oakland? Where would they go?
0: Nashville. Nashville, they're all using the same cities that Nashville. they bring up because They were expansion. using
2: Vegas and Nashville were the two. Milwaukee well, guess what?
0: did this last year with their ballpark.
2: But I, didn't they, the Diamondbacks last year had a thing where they couldn't open or close the roof because so it was broken? broken. In <laughs> yeah. fairness, there are some
0: renovations needed there, even old, from a few years ago. Old. It does. It's it does. Old, it's just the the argument and Salt Lake. It's another good call. The argument from fans is: what well, we gave you money initially to put this thing up. So are we just on the hook? In the public, forever, every you know, ish years to fix everyone's ballpark. Like, why is that their problem and not the problem of the people that own the team? Like, should the cities fix the local all the laundromat? Are broke. So you say it should every the day. cities fix the local mall? Should the cities fix everything, or just ballparks owned by billionaires?
2: All the owners are broke. You say it every day.
0: They are most owners, not all. Not okay. the Dodgers. Oh, they're
1: okay. good. Okay.
0: but I, I it Kratz. I don't want to go there, but I'm going to go there. This is, it's a team that had a lot of success this past season. It's a fun team to follow. They just made the world series. They went off a little bit this off season. Like they had a nice off season. So did the Royals. What are the Royals and the diamondbacks have in common?
1: New stadium, please. They're asking for hundreds of millions of dollars. They're asking for five to $600 million. The roof like the roof is broken i get it like they have to fix it or whatever was happening it was it was too tough to sh- close doesn't matter that's like that's like your kid coming up to you and being like i got a flat tire can i get a new car like they need to fix the roof they need to make the adjustments but they're asking for an entire community around the entire stadium like they want to have the ballpark experience like everyone else 5 to 600 million dollars that's a lot. You better tell me how much you're willing to give before the government says, ah, whatever to the schools. We'll go ahead and just give it to the Diamondbacks. And where were you last year saying this when you guys didn't make the World Series? So they were trying to strike here while the while the iron's hot.
2: Isn't uh wasn't Kendrick the guy who fired his TV announcer because he wore the wrong polo or something? Oh, no, Darren
0: Sutton had the battle, right? It was yeah. Darren, yeah. Uh over the wardrobe. Yeah, I think Darren wanted to wear a suit sometimes and he wanted to wear the team shirt, team whatever. Shirt. Yeah, yeah. The, the point is it's the same story with almost every team and it's a hot story, why? Because right now they are riding behind a villain who is the face. We'll be there on Saturday in Oakland, right? John Fisher's the bad guy and he's actually leaving. So every other owner has leverage. They can go to a city and say, we'll leave, Oakland's doing it. Give us our money or else.
2: Uh, I got a great place they can move to, Arizona. Nobody's moving to
0: Orlando.
1: Well,
0: well, here's my thing though. We'll take them. Here's my thing, okay? We we know this is going on, okay? That this is a hot time for owners to go to the city and get them to give up tax dollars to make improvements to the suites that they want to sell. That's one thing. It's another thing in my mind for certain people to continue to think that everyone is stupid. I'm not (laughs) making a threat, but Let me list out three paragraphs of threats. That's wrong. Don't talk like that. Right? Like if someone spoke to you face to face and Mm -hmm. said something that mocked you or made you feel like you're stupid, right? Or they threatened you, would
1: you accept it? Or would you say to their face, don't fucking talk to me like that. This is what I have a problem with. The issue is it's a bully. It's a bully move because it's a monopolistic thing. It's a monopolistic business that they're trying to now make more on like i don't think they'd be fine if if they up the taxes on everything that they put up you know to 40% all the buildings and all the all the they make in phoenix and don't don't try to just take care of this stuff in a manner that hey you know what over the next 25 years here's our plan how can we get this done instead of well everybody's doing it so we're going to do it Okay, so
2: everyone in the chat is saying, can't they take out a bank loan? Isn't there a rule where the teams can't take out a certain amount of debt? Didn't we have it? The, like they can't yeah, just go. Yeah, the now. debt
0: financing rule that Bud Seeley came up with, but they're not even close to that, most of these teams. But what I'm they saying can is you take can't. Out go, but
2: can you go to a bank and say, "I oh, would need a billion dollar loan? Because a lot of the soccer no, teams No, not a billion
0: dollars, or, I don't think. But, but you can take out money.
2: But, but isn't there a certain amount only they can get to?
1: Because I'm assuming you mean most like baseball-wise, or like
2: to build a stadium. Because what I'm what I'm America thinking is like, wise. okay, if 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 they said if Kendrick said, all right, I'll give five hundred million, and I need to go take a loan for seven hundred million. I, I I feel like the five hundred million that Kendrick he doesn't have five hundred million cash laying around, so he's probably taking a loan on that to start with. You don't know, see what I'm saying? That's why these sure. teams need these public funding. Nobody has. I mean, maybe somebody does out there, but not a lot of people have. A billion dollars just laying around liquid, and go. Hey, I'm going to spend this on a stadium. They have to go get a loan on it from somewhere. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm the Dodgers owner. Well, yeah, Guggenheim will do it for the Dodgers, but you see what I'm saying? So that's where I think it, this is kind of confusing because people think, "Oh, Kenner, just write a bigger check." Well, no, he's just got to go get a bigger loan because he's not writing a check for 500 million. Because well, I know when you talk to, you not you know, you talk to owners, you talk to people in the front office, they're like, "Well, we're paying off the stadium still." Like you hear that in sports sometimes, like, oh, we're paying off the debt on the stadium. They don't use the saying that in certain terms, but I've heard them say it before. So that's what I think where people think, oh, just go get a bigger loan. Well, it doesn't work like that. There's not a lot,
1: of, also, not a lot of banks and be like, hey, we'll loan you a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. If they can right. get their teeth in a major league baseball team, they're gonna loan. I mean, that's that's where the private they get all that money, private equity. It's coming, it's coming through groups. So if they're gonna put up three hundred million. Who doesn't want 10% share in a company that's going to triple in value in 10 years? I agree. I agree. I, I, I agree with that. But again, like I don't know of many
2: banks that are like, I mean, yeah, we'll give you 10% if you give us $1.7 billion.
1: No, not that much. Well,
2: that's what a, sta- that's what a stadium costs. Stadiums are over a billion dollars. If you're yeah, the Braves, He's not getting a new ballpark, though. This is a renovation i know but i'm saying for new ballparks like for oakland i'm saying oakland going to las vegas they want 600 million from the public fund right well fisher said he'd give three or 400 million didn't he?
0: yeah right uh, vegas at the moment's paying like 380. see what happens is the numbers that are public end up not being real numbers numbers. because then eventually it's like oh the bill was double oh the city will handle that oh you don't have to pay taxes on this for 30 years like it ends up being insane that's why this is a huge public issue It's just not where the country should be spending money. And I love baseball, but like we can handle this ourselves because there's owners that come out or there are potential owners that come out, especially like, again, going back to Oakland, Joe Lacob said, I will buy the team and build my own uh, facility, right? With my money, private money, which has been done too. I'm pretty sure there's a few facilities in California alone that are built by billionaires. They own it all and they don't deal with the public for any money. It is possible. They can do it. You just have to get those alligator arms, push them all the way down
2: into the pot. But they don't. Also, okay. So all let me ask. The way this. Out and say, look okay, what I Okay, but found. then, then will the owners use that as an excuse not to pay players? Oh, I have this big loan yes. I have to pay back again. Remember see, the pirates
0: article from last night, Kratz. So in the pirates article in the Athletic, the expose. They needed $8 million in spring training renovations. And Bob Netting said, this is your hard player payroll that you get each year, which is obviously bottom few in the league every year. And he said, this will come out of that. That's it. That's what he told the front office. That, like, that's dude, ridiculous. They're like, dude, you're profiting a ton. It's $8 bucks." He's like, nope. I'm still going to take out what I want to take out from this business every year. That's on you. If you want to improve something that that's, you know, if, you, if the ceiling's falling, that's on you. See, that's it's, ridiculous, That's true. It's in the freaking article.
1: I, I love that part of it because it was, like, I lived through that time. I lived through that time of not spending, and I knew what that weight room looked like. And all at the same time, the Players Association had a investigation or a gripe against, I'm not exactly sure how far it went, but the Pirates had to show that they were using some of that money that they were getting in improving the team, and you know how they proved that they didn't that they didn't do anything wrong, because they built a facility down in the Dominican that looks exactly like Pirate City. So at the same time, the big league weight room was just over seventeen hundred square feet. They built a thirty million dollar facility down in the DR, which is now an asset for the Pirates. So they built a building that is theirs, not an improvement, a building that is theirs that someday they'll be able to sell for, you know, more than 30 million. So they took that money and invested it in something that, yes, will help the organization develop, you know, Dominican players, Venezuelan players at their facility. But it didn't, it didn't improve the, the uh, roster at all.
0: (sighs) It's frustrating, so <laughs> air it out in the chat, but yeah, Kratz feels the pain directly. Let's get to some GM manager talk and actually a really interesting story that emerged out of the San Diego Union Tribune. Nice job by Bryce Miller on this story. We get more insight on Bob Melvin and the situation last year with the San Diego Padres. Um, you know now you're gone. You can talk about the story a little differently, so. Bob was great. He was very straightforward. He said Peter Seidler wanted them to fix the problems that Preller and Melvin had last year in San Diego. They agreed to do that for the late great owner who passed away recently. But then Preller came to Melvin soon after that and said, San Francisco called. Bob Melvin said to Preller, I have a three year commitment. So let's work this out. But then they kept talking and it sounded like they were at a stalemate. It sounded like Boris and Teams like the Cubs and Giants, right now. They were like, Yeah, there's too much conflict here. It's not going to work. And they were like, You're going to be on a lame duck contract. There's going to be drama. And so Bob was kind of talked into saying, Okay, you're right. I will explore this situation with San Francisco. Um, And Bob also did apologize for saying that he pushed back a little cranky at the end of the situation in San Diego last year and doesn't feel good about that. But it's a great article. That's your summary. And what's your take from that? I mean, for me, it's just simply GM manager don't like each other, not fixable. Goodbye.
2: And there was another team with an offer. There was another team that was like, "Hey, we'll take him." IED is like we'd love Bob Melvin. I'll take him. And AJ Preller's like, "Good rinse, I couldn't control him because he couldn't control him. That was one of the big things he heard. Right? Bob Preller would go in there and say, "Hey, I want the lineup to be this, this, this," and Melvin's like, "Nope." And Preller's like, "You're gonna do this?" Kind of like the way you talk to everybody on FT, Scott. You're going to do it my way. And everyone, all of us are like, nope.
0: I'm even worse on the chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good point, though. I mean, Preller is definitely a 20-hour-a-day worker. He wants to be in the know on everything. And that's some of what it was written last year, Kratz, that maybe he should delegate a little bit more and also let certain people do their jobs like the manager. But that's just not his style.
1: And that's what you hired. When when they hired him, when they brought him over there, that's what, that's what they knew they were getting. So you have a hard worker, maybe he doesn't delegate. Obviously, that article came out a while ago, but it was in-depth on what some of the shortcomings were there. And we just had Brandon Gomes on. Did you hear how he talked about how they argue? That is such an incredible quote. And people, you know, to always talk about infighting with organizations. If you're not fighting, you're losing. It is not just peaches and cream all the time. If you want to improve, you will fall behind. If you're just like, "Wow, AJ, you are right. Wow, AJ, you're the best." If we have something that's wrong with AJ, we need to be able to say it. Say it to him, just like we always tell Scott all of his shortcomings. What's wrong with me today? Did I
0: nothing. i'm not even attacking anyone i attack some people in the chat but nobody here actually just one person <laughs> there's an owner defender and i just i had to call him out cuz he's been coming after me for 2 weeks so anyway i love you guys though you guys don't are great don't come
1: after scott Mm-mm, that's yeah, my scott
0: nicely right back a pg answer that has a little shade to it but anyway i'm glad that in my mind the situation is handled right it just so happened that a great spot gonna, opened was, up for bob it wasn't
2: going to ever end well because if you remember last year, we heard rumblings of all kinds of stuff in San Diego yes. clubhouse problems, manager GM problems. Bob he, said
0: that was real. By the way, he said the drama was crazy yeah, last year.
2: That's what I'm saying. And everyone they did their best to try to hide it. But I mean, I did some San Diego. I did some Padres game. You, you, you talk to people and you hear things, and you can't always repeat it on 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 the air or on, on the show. <laughs> but there was people talking, and you know, you go in to talk to Bob Melvin. He doesn't give you a lot normally. He's not that he's not a great guy, and not but he just is very. He keeps everything very close to the vest, you know. But you, you know, you walk into a certain people and you can tell they're not. I don't want to. They're not happy, right? Yeah, they're pissed off. They're, of course. Yeah, he was more pissed off than like normally. Bob Melvin's very happy-go-lucky, very like, oh yeah, you know, how's it going, you know? But I mean, they also had a shit season, so I mean, I get it. I don't know, but there was a lot going on in San Diego last year. Hopefully, they cleaned it up and they can be, uh, they can be better this year. And Bob Melvin's happy in San Francisco. He's a Bay Area guy, right? Manages the A's, a lot of success. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, he's happy. They're both happy, and they can move on.
0: Yeah, and he moves to a club that should be competitive, and comes from a club that also should be competitive. I have those two teams in a very similar range. Not that they're necessarily going to finish in the exact same, you know, win range, but I think they both have similar projections in my mind. I think they're both in the the fringe third place. Area the, the L.A. Yeah. It's better if he's gone too for San Diego's purposes. There, I know there's a lot of talent that left. There's still a lot of talent on that team.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like last year's team was supposed to be a 95 plus win team and they ended up being about 500. This year's team looks like about a 500 team in my mind. So maybe they exceed expectations. They had a brutal one run and extra oh, inning record.
2: They like, went like 0 and 14 or something. And out <laughs> of this world. <laughs> something like you couldn't even make it up.
0: And that's when Padres fans started turning on Bob, because when you see those records, naturally, they look at the manager there. That's just what people do. Whether it's fair or not, that is how they treat a record like that, right? I mean, and then they won 14 of 16 to end the year, but it was too little too late. But I'm trying to get the record. It was out of control, the one-run record for them. So anyway, we'll see. Those are two interesting teams. All right, let's get to some AL Rookie of the Year previewing. Bet MGM throwing odds out there. And, you know, this is actually closer than I thought it would be. So Evan Carter's at plus 275. Jackson Holliday's at plus 300. And then starts the drop-off. I am big on Wyatt Langford. I'm not touching it yet. I want to make sure he makes the opening day
1: roster. You've got to make sure Jackson Holiday makes the opening day roster. Agreed. Um, They're making a path for him. You you don't change, you don't play a guy at second base when he's normally a shortstop without, like at that age, without it being, I mean, I I think he's making that roster. And I think they think that.
0: Cole Keith is a bat, so Mm -hmm. he has a chance to have a big year. Right, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be Mm -hmm. on the opening day roster unless there's a major issue. They just signed, I know you kind of threw that in there earlier, but. Gio Urshela, Just give you some
2: infield depth and mm-hmm. me he could jump in there, play a little third base action right off the jump, too. Shanwell's gonna be on the team more than likely. Plus, he stands all day. So that's you know, he's got stamina. Who? Nolan Shanwell. Oh, you're
0: saying back to this. I was I thought you were talking about Urshela again. I'm like, what?
2: Are we talking um, about AL Rookie of the Year?
0: We are talking about rookie Urshela's of the year, not a rookie. Focus. Uh yes, Parker Meadows of the Tigers also and and Kersted and What about Domingos? He's not on
2: that list. He's he's still a rookie, right?
0: I think it's going to be a tough trail for him if he comes back in even June. I mean, some of these guys are going to either be on the opening day roster or on the team pretty early on. So I think that could be tough. I know it's happened. I mean, it's happened plenty of times where rookies jump in later on in a season. I think the one difference nowadays is that teams are incentivized. To have to players get him up, up earlier. So that will make it harder for a rookie to appear in, say, June and win a rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. So he it would take a lot. I think one of those guys is going to pop off. I'm a Langford guy. Me too, clearly. That's that's where I'm putting my money, Kratz.
2: Wyatt Langford also. Also former backup catcher yeah. turned outfielder, Kratz. So you should have a special place in your heart for him. He was too
1: athletic.
0: Langford can have sexier stats. That's why I'll take him over Carter. Carter is going to give you the, the safe OBP, higher floor. Langford to me has a higher ceiling.
1: Okay. I like that money with Langford. I like this plus 700, but I I'm going to choose two. If Evan Carter, if I'm not allowed to choose him at plus 275 because of what he did, he's played at the biggest stage. He walks, he knows the zone. You know who else knows the zone and I think is going to be on a sneaky team that is in a meh division? Parker Meadows. Parker Meadows at plus, what was that, 1,200 or 1,000?
0: 1,200.
1: Parker Meadows will be a very underrated piece of that team that has other guys that will be the focal point. And when you control the zone and you're not the focal point of a lineup, kind of how Evan Carter is, he's not going to be the focal point of the lineup, you have a lot of success early on in your career until teams are like, oh, we can't let Parker Meadows hurt us. He's already got 20 pumps, since the beginning of August.
2: Okay. Let's see. It's going to be interesting. It was a good class. Good rookie class, both both leagues.
0: Do you know what this should also tell you? Rangers fans, Get excited. You're, you're pumped about the World Series and maybe feeling, eh, about your offseason, like you wanted more coming off what you had, but – you are getting an addition, and that's Langford in the outfield. That's a full season of Evan Carter. I think they're going to patch the pitching together. Otherwise, they'll work on that, I guess, at the trade deadline. They were what the most aggressive team last mm-hmm. year, trades wise. So I'll give them that. And then, Tigers fans, that's why right yeah. now you got to consider the over on the win loss total for the Tigers and maybe even think about them for the division if some of these guys hit, you know? Because mm-hmm. there is a core there now. Spencer Torkelson had, what, a 30-plus homer season? He had a good year. The, Riley Green. The analytics people love Torkelson. They think that the, all the peripherals got lined up the way that they like for the projections. So he figured some things out. That's Chase um, Green. Hunter, uh, Riley Green, yes. It's more about the pitching for they me. They need Scooble. They need
2: Mize. Scooble needs
0: to be healthy. Mize yeah. to
2: get healthy. They need some of those guys to be healthy. Even
0: Maeda, who's who's gotten hurt. Yeah. You know, if, if he's pitching, usually he's really good. But... What can
2: Hinch do with the bullpen? Yep. Javi Baez? Well.
0: Yes, you need something. I mean, we need
1: something out of him.
2: You, you
0: need energy. something.
1: The Rangers are going to score, too, by the way. That's how they thats how they made it through the first half last year. And now they're adding to that lineup. They're probably going to have more Corey Seager than they had last year in the first half, as long as he comes back from this – what do you have, the um, hunt, uh, the hernia? Mm-hmm.
2: For yeah,
0: Seager?
1: So. Yeah.
0: yeah, sports hernia. And by the way, I don't know if you caught this, but I didn't realize Javi Baez was going through it with back issues. I mean, he said this offseason he felt like he got himself better with a, a two-year-long back situation where he said he couldn't hit the ball to the right side of the field because of his back.
1: With that swing, back issues? That's what he it.
0: said. You think it's hogwash?
1: No, I think it's absolutely. I get back issues watching how hard he swings. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's getting a little quieter? Maybe. Oh, you can't take aggressiveness out of a, you can't can't take the hair out of a wild horse. Yeah, but can you tone down aggressiveness on a swing? Like, isn't
0: this the question with Bryce Harper and, and his aggressiveness on his swings? Like, what does that look like when he's 38 or 48 when he's in that next contract extension? (laughs)
1: <laughs> this is a third extension that yeah. was always my question is does that as aj cracks his back does that age like i i don't know again like this is more of like an aj thing i if i had to swing super hard like i would have played it as long as i possibly could but i know swinging hard wasn't going to help me get better but man those guys those two are the, the hardest swingers in the game in my opinion and we just had another one on who stayed pretty healthy till he had some hamstring injuries and hunter pence. He swung hard too for a long time.
0: True, true. But he played for a while, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And every day. And and Hobby plays every day. As much as he hit 209 or whatever, you know, the Kratz line, like he was out there every day playing.
0: Hey, place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the app of at least five bucks. You'll receive $150 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. So you download the app, you sign up and deposit at least five bucks into your new account. And once you place that bet, which has to be at least five bucks at standard odds price, you get $150 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. GAMBLER. (laughs) All right. So first off, so I don't forget this, I think it's worth leading off. Uh, slap hands with Kratz hats.
1: Obviously, there's no other hat in the game that is quite like the Kent DeColby, Colby, Andy Van Slyke. Who else? Yeah, Willie Stargell. All those guys. Were. Yep. Willie Stargell. Yeah, I was blanking on blanking on names. Dave Parker. Dave Parker, the Cobra. A plus Cobra. What? A That's name. a good hat. A plus for me.
2: Might be your best one yet, except for
1: the watermelon
2: face. Melon hats.
0: Backyard baseball hat was an A plus as well. Good oh. stuff. Um, we are going on Saturday to Oakland, or I am at least. I'm like we. You got a mouse in your pocket? We. You it's a team. When I say we, it's a team. There'll be some of us out there, and we're going to do. A very special show from Fans Fest, 2.30 Eastern time, 11.30 Pacific time. If you're in the Bay Area and want to swing by, you should. It's a free event. There's indoor and outdoor. I think there are going to be thousands of people there, which is awesome. All hosted by um, the amazing communities of the Oakland 68s and Last Dive Bar. There is your abbreviated guest list. There are more guests than this, but an idea of, of who's going to be there, which includes our friend Trevor May, Coco Crisp, Grant Balfour, and all three of those at least will be on the show, among others. So can't wait. So, on one of our clips on YouTube, I posed the question Hey, Ace fans, what are you going to do if and when the team actually leaves? Will you root for the Giants like Rob Manfred says or orders you to do? And I'll read a few of the responses that I got. Uh, Belly Bean said, Nope, MLB is dead to me now. Tony Sin said, Diehard A's fan since 1987, big Otani fan as well. So we'll now root for the Dodgers, which allows me to root against the Giants, which is a passion for all A's fans. Joshua said, yeah, so far I've already stopped caring, especially when all the owners approved the move to Vegas. No way I would become a Giants fan. And then, of course, the Fisher needs to sell kind of thing. And then one more. Uh, Steven, for me, this kills MLB entirely. I'm 36, lived and breathed baseball in the East Bay. Ricky Henderson was my guy, but I can never support another team. Why support a league who abuses fans who expect us to run to another team? I won't play their game. So I just wanted to throw that out there. They're not rooting for the Giants. Confirmed.
2: Of course. Never. Never. like <laughs> you know, It was never a doubt about that. <laughs> Thank you.
0: That. Yeah. Thank you,
1: Rob, for telling us. I that. went
0: back and forth with someone on my Brooklyn Nets example. They were like, if if the Nets win, you'll Be at the parade and the game seven, whatever. I was like, I promise you I won't. I don't dislike the Nets, but I was like, I just stopped caring, you know? And it actually took away some of my love of the NBA when I, you know, whenever it was 10 years ago when they left Jersey. So anyway, we'll be there. Um, thanks to Brandon Gomes for joining us today. Of course, Hunter Pence and Will Salmon too, but it's cool to get some front office action before the game start. Everyone enjoy Padres Dodgers or at least the first few innings while the big boys are in there, right? Mm -hmm. And tomorrow, do we have a special coach joining us? Eric. Eric Cressy. Eric Cressy, right? Yeah, Eric Cressy and Ken Rosenthal back with us tomorrow and maybe another special guest. So we will see you on Friday with Todd, Father, and Kratz.
1: Bye.